We're back, boys, and welcome to another episode of the Worst Things First Fantasy Report. I am your host and defending champion, CS, and my co-host is currently taking some PTO with his wifey. So it's just going to be me, myself, and I today. Half of the season's over, so in this episode, we're going to change it up a little bit, y'all. We're not going to talk about matchups, no pickums, no recaps. Uh, I'm going to break the rules today a little bit. Uh, just don't tell John, because I don't, I don't like John when he's angry, man. Okay, so let's start off with some talks about injuries and players being out and whatnot um, from this past week and how it affects their owners. So let's start off with DeAndre Hopkins. So this past Thursday, he was in and out of the game pretty much, uh, especially towards the end. It seemed like they tried to put him in only during you know, big play moments. And, uh, you know, hamstrings, they can linger. So for Steven, that's definitely something that he needs to monitor. Definitely a concern as, you know, Hopkins is a huge part of his team. It's part of that stacked wide receiver lineup that he has. So it is nice that he has that depth. You know, he could potentially plug in Tyreek and T. Higgins as his go-to receivers and then, you know, flex elsewhere there. This could be, you know, no one likes to see people hurt, but this could positively impact uh, David and Howe, who have Christian Kirk and A.J. Green. So, I don't know, man. A.J. Green, he didn't practice today. He might have gotten jumped in the locker room after that fucking play. Like, what was that even? I I don't know. You're a professional player. Uh, I feel like there's no excuse to whatever the hell he was thinking. But anyways, next up we have Antonio Gibson, who's been playing through a fracture in his tibia, I believe. And it's not severe enough to to put him on IR to even keep him out of the game, but it is affecting his touches uh, and just overall carries, and that's not good for Miko. It is nice that Miko does have, you know, Eckler and Saquon should be coming back soon, but I just found out that he might have COVID, so maybe not this week, uh, but soon, but soon. And this might be good for John. You know, we talked about a few episodes back about how J.D. McKissick is potentially a sit-and-wait little lottery type ticket. And, you know, J.D. McKissick, as, along with Patterson, uh, they outcarried Gibson this past game. So definitely something to monitor overall. And next, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. What have you done to anger the fantasy gods, bro? I mean, was it the first three weeks you're on top of the world, man? Just calling everyone out, hoping everyone has a great day. And, you know, after the CEH trade, I I think I won this league already, you know. Three weeks down with how many weeks we got total with about 10, 11 weeks to go, you know, following that. So Calvin Ridley is officially out indefinitely. He's not hurt, but it is due to personal reasons. I don't think that they announced yet exactly what it was. You know, it could be wifey problems, family problems. Uh, We don't know. No idea. So, you know, unfortunately for Joseph, that's another person from his roster that he cannot use. 
And um, as for the rest of that lane of wide receivers, surprisingly, no one has picked any of them up. I guess no one really believes in anyone besides Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley uh, on that team. So it could positively affect Cadero Patterson, you know? So the rich get richer with how picking up Cadero and through the waivers. And, you know, he was already balling with Calvin Ridley in. You know, he could be even that much better with him out. But we'll see. Stay tuned. Next up, we have Dak Prescott. So with Dak, he was out this past week. Uh, sucks for Jude. You know, Jude ended up losing. Who's to know if Dak actually played? Jude could have pulled out the win. You know, it, it was it was a bad week for him overall because he had Devontae out with COVID as well. Um, it didn't seem to be too serious because he was, it came down to that morning of on whether he would play or not. So he should be back for week nine. Um, we have Justin Jefferson with John next. Uh, he limped off the field, was went into the blue tent. Uh, he came back, though, overall, but he also only had two receptions, I believe. So not a good look. You could tell that it did positively impact not only Adam Thielen. You know, he I think he dropped 18-plus for Clive and... Tyler Conklin too so something to monitor if Justin Jefferson starts to play hurt his production may continue to decrease but me personally I still like him a lot dude is super talented so I'm just gonna attack this off to just a primetime Kurt doing primetime things all right so news this morning just announced that Michael Thomas you know he was coming back from uh, I think the PUP list and he is out for the season. He just announced it this past morning. And that's another big blow for Howard overall. You know, you use those type of picks later rounds, 8, 9, 10, and he's still sitting there. You kind of just hold him as like, okay, you know, we know what he is. We know how talented he is. I'm just going to let him sit. I can put him in the IR slot. And, you know, towards the second half of the season, He'll be there for me for whatever type of run that I have the potential to have. You know, unfortunately for Howard, it's to survive last place at the moment. Um, you know, if things were doing better for him and he had a Michael Thomas, it could be it could push him towards that championship tier. Uh, but yep, he is out for the season. So just saw that uh, Howard did release him. So last, but definitely not least, we have Derek Henry. Oh, man. So he is officially out for six to ten weeks. Overall, that's not too bad. That is a positive sign from the long run, from a real-life standpoint. Because what is it when he gets back? It's going to be playoff time. And they just beat the Colts, so they swept the Colts in the division. That was their only competition they seem to be pretty locked in unless they somehow just absolutely choke and their just season goes off the rails without Derrick Henry. But because the AFC South is so bad, the Texans are so bad, they already swept the Colts, the Jags are pretty bad as well. They seem to be locked in. So from a real-life standpoint, you know they should get Derrick Henry back by the playoffs. Um, but from a fantasy standpoint, that is it. And unfortunately for Wesley, Derrick Henry was was helping him so much for the fact that 
you know, his his wide receivers haven't been too strong. It's one of the weaker overall uh, combinations in our league. And, you know, but having Derrick Henry, you know, James Robinson, they figured him out to use him and utilize him. And then, you know, Leonard Fournette. So he, he did trade Leonard Fournette for DK Metcalf to gain that wide receiver depth. So that, that was a good trade for him, for sure. Uh, but, for, of course, hindsight bias, it would be nice to have Fournette back now. Um, good news is that James Robinson, he did get hurt, but it seems like it wasn't too severe. Um, but to lose Derrick Henry, man, not only was he MVP in fantasy, he was MVP in real life. Dude was exciting to watch. It's, it's a big blow. It's a big blow, whichever way you look at it. And I think that is pretty much it. So moving on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something new here, try something out. So I've created my own tier list and power rankings, and we're going to start off from the bottom up. You know, this is called the worst things first, so let's definitely start with the worst first. So I have divided it into one, two, three, four different tiers, starting with the C tier here, aka the calendar tier. And for this tier, you know, we can't really bump anyone up. You know, we could look at potential everything, but all we can look at right now, especially with this tier, is what they've done so far you know and in my opinion the <laughs> these these people they do deserve to be at the bottom because they are essentially the bottom scores of the league so here we go c tier starting at number 12 we have howard so the reason why i put howard at number 12 is you know he's he's only had one win and he did upset Joseph and kind of set Joseph kind of towards his way on the decline. And he had, he beat Joseph when Joseph was at his full, powerful, you know, favorited number one strength. So you, you see the potential that Howard's team can do, but unfortunately we haven't seen that type of ceiling often with Howard. Uh, you know, we just saw that Michael Thomas is out for the season, so that is yet another blow. Not only that, but Aaron Rodgers has COVID. You know, as of today, got announced, and Clive actually sent me a link of someone asking Aaron Rodgers back in August whether he was vaccinated, and yeah, he confirmed it. So not only does he have COVID, he lied about being vaccinated, so that automatically puts him at, I think, 10 days of having to not not be positive and so that that takes them out for this week i mean lucky for me you know i'm okay with it everyone please just get vaccinated uh but that further derails howard's team so it's been i would say his team is the most volatile in the league you know it, it has his ups his heavy ups and his heavy downs and uh Overall, I'd say that his trade acquisitions have been pretty positive. You know, he's been able to utilize most, if not all of them, overall throughout the season. So the moves that he's making isn't bad. You know, it's just the overall performance. Uh, his, his best opportunity to get his second win is against myself. You know, I am, what, third to last. 
So if if there's a time to to turn things around, it would be here week nine against me. Uh, but because after he faces David, who's third seed, and Clive, who is pretty healthy now, so that's 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 a pretty scary schedule after he faces me. At number eleven, we have John. Yep. So John's team, it's not necessarily that bad. I I loved how he drafted. I even told him that you know if if initially preseason if. I didn't have my team. What are some that I would pick? You know, John would be, excuse me, one of the teams that I would have gladly have and taken. You know, looking at his roster overall, they just, he's just been running into a lot of teams that are performing towards their like top two, top three highest scoring of the season when they do play them. So it, it is unfortunate. Um, but at the same time, you look at his overall scoring and it is second to last so Howard has scored the least John has scored the second least so yes there's checks and balances with regards to people are scoring a shitload on him but his team is also underperforming and underperforming often and that's the thing like I would say out of all the teams and their superstars John's superstars is the most volatile uh, you have Kamara, Scary Terry, Justin Jefferson. Uh, they they can easily get y'all 30 points or get him 30 points each. But at the same time, looking at week eight, they totaled 30 points also. So that's 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 the road that John's currently taking right now. And yeah, it can be very frustrating. I can see it. Uh, one downside, though, is he... D- well, let me take that back. He had... He pulled out a win against Howe, who Howe was on the come up overall. You know, unfortunately for him, fortunately for me, he lost last week. And part of that was because his stars didn't play like stars. And it's not going to get any easier for him, man. Uh, he faces David next, and we went back to Clive becoming healthier, and then he faces Jude. So next three weeks is going to be rough, man. He needs to pull out some wins. If he can pull out one I think that's fine uh, but if if he can end up being two and one three and oh then you guys are about to see how scary John's team can be but at the moment I got to keep him at number 11 because of the way it's performed at number 10 and also the last part of the C calendar tier is myself I hate it I hate it so much god I hate it um, so I was, I was currently on a five-week losing streak up until this past week when I beat my fellow co-host and fellow C-tier uh, team in John. And I uh, finally broke the streak, man. I haven't felt to win since towards the end of September. So all of October, you know, just L's on L's on L's, man. Times are rough. So... You know, the scary part for me is that I am currently starting handcuffs, which have been doing decent for me overall, but they are handcuffs. You know, you know. luckily, Chuba, I have CMC, and I am banking, banking, banking on CMC coming back. I did see a picture, some good news that he is practicing and everything overall, and my team right now, you know, goes to show that I live and die 
with CMC. What happened the first two weeks? I went two and zero. You know, I beat the likes of Pops, Wes, who at the time were, you know, top dogs, and I was a top two, top three score both those weeks. Without him, I went on a month and one week losing streak until I beat John. So live and die, live and die. Um, so I do have an opportunity to string back-to-back wins here. Again, luckily for me, I I faced John last week and I faced Howard this week. So again, they are two of the weaker teams overall, but after that, I get Miko and Steven. And, you know, those guys are on the come up. Steven is first place. So I have to try to get this win overall. Maybe I can steal one from Miko and Steven. And from there, I think I can squeak my way into the playoffs, you know. So at least that's what I'm hoping and dreaming for. But until then, we got to wait and see. Please, CMC, save my team, dude. Fuck. All right, so that is the end of the C tier here. We're going to go ahead and move on to the B tier. And so when I when I group these people up, you know, they're they're within a fine line between, you know, potentially squeaking into the playoffs, but also they have the potential to make the calendar being last place. So right now we have number 9 here starting of the B tier or the lower part of the B tier. I have Joseph and you know joseph's been on a four game losing streak you know since his constant weekly series of just getting his players either getting hurt or just calling out for personal reasons you know just like what we talked about earlier on in this episode uh you look at his starting lineup and it's it consists of just waiver wire players you know and, and that's tough. That's tough. I can partially relate. You know, I'm out here starting waiver players too, handcuffs, so-and-so. So the good news is that we are reaching towards the end of the IR periods for CEH and David Montgomery. Uh, Russ seems to be getting his pins out. So I, I feel like you still need time for that to heal. Granted that I mean, from a PT standpoint, you can't just take pins out and automatically play, in my opinion. But, I mean, who knows? These guys are super, super humans. But, yeah, within these next couple weeks, Joseph should start to see his players come back. You know, he's not going to be at full force overall, but just to have some players back will allow him to gain more consistency, maybe pull out a few wins overall. Um, However, his upcoming schedule is pretty tough. So he doesn't have his players back yet, and then he has to face Pops. And he better hope that he gets his players the following week because he plays Jude. That's the thing. If he continues to lose these games and, you know, who knows? We never know what's going on with IR. If maybe CEH and David Montgomery don't come into like week 11, week 12, you know, he could very well fall onto the C tier, in my opinion, if things don't turn around quick. Next up at number eight, we have Wesley. So with losing Derrick Henry, you know, that is a huge cloud over his head. You know, that's that's massive. Anyone losing their their first round pick, you know, I can tell from experience the past two years. Uh, but especially with someone like Derrick Henry, who is the clear cut number one overall fantasy player, you know, losing him, it's it's gonna take a, a huge hit. 
Um, luckily, with James Robinson, like we talked about earlier, you know he seems to be day to day, so he should be good to go in playing. Um, you know, unfortunately, not having Fournette as that depth piece anymore. You know, of course, it's hindsight bias because we we didn't we never knew Henry was going to get hurt, but not having him anymore, it's it it puts him more at a fine line due to the fact that you know, God forbid, if Robinson goes down, then he has to start like a Miles Gaskin at the RB one, or you know, we'll see. Maybe Adrian Peterson will blow up, but you know, he's Adrian Peterson. He's he hasn't shown any overall glimpses of his old self lately you know he'll have random games where he'll score two touchdowns maybe get 80 yards so i mean that's all you can really ask for though you know gaining like 8 to 13 14 points from peterson is more than enough you know um he he does have dk now so that helps soften the blow a little bit because you know dk can still be that home run hitter that we've all come to expect from him um, Mahomes, I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. I don't know. If, is it an Andy Reid thing? Is it a Mahomes thing? Is is Kelsey getting too old? Like, what what exactly is wrong with Kansas City right now? I mean, you watch that Giants game, and there, you know, something that it, it should have been an absolute blowout. And you know, the Giants are a better team, but at the same time, you know, the Chiefs are a clear cut Super Bowl team. They were the favored. Um, I believe preseason to win the Super Bowl, so I don't know. They they got to get it together because you know that Mahomes pick, especially at the number two, to not give you that twenty five point floor is is going to impact Wes. Uh, his upcoming schedule is a bit rough. He faces Steven, who is number one. Uh, he faces Pops, who he Pops had a had a had a down week, but you know his team is strong still. And then you know by that third week, he faces Joseph, who potentially might be much healthier than he is at this very moment. So again, we'll see. It, I'm very interested to see how his team pans out. You know, post Derrick Henry era. Um, but same thing with Joseph. He could easily drop into that C tier if, you know, the L's start racking up. Uh, good news for him is because his record has been pretty good, he had a pretty solid first half of the season, he could eat some L's and still stay afloat, you know. Good thing me, Howard, and John are are pretty down there, so he's got some cushion. Ah, oh, damn it. Moving on, at number seven... I have Howe. So Howe was on a two-game skid, uh, but he definitely picked it back up. He beat Howard in week eight overall to uh, bounce back. And, you know, his, his heavy hitters in Najee and Cordero, they continue to carry the load for him. You know, especially during weeks where back-to-back weeks, rather, or back-to-back games with Herbert not playing well at all. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, I still love the guy. I believe in him. Dude is still super talented with offensive weapons everywhere. So, you know, I, I expect him to bounce back. Um, but at the moment, you know, he's he's not looking too hot. Uh, then we have uh, Jerry Judy. He came back from IR, which is which is big for, for Howe overall. Um, I'm curious to see if Howe is going to continue to deploy the Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy combination. 
Um, I think if it was something more pass heavy, like you know the Chargers, the Chiefs, on um, the Bucks, there would be more comfort, in my opinion, to start both of them because both of them are crazy talented. You know, I'm very high on Judy, and Cortland Sutton has shown that he's he's back from that injury. Uh, problem is though is that they are in a run heavy offense with what seems to be shitty offensive coordinator you know the few games that i've watched of denver man their offense just looks like ass sometimes you know it takes heroics and just force feeding sutton and moving forward to judy as well just peppering them giving them 10 plus targets each time to just get it to move and it takes a lot of like great big catches and plays from those receivers for them to to actually move the ball, move the chain. So I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. You got two very talented receivers, but at the same time, their offense is not only run heavy, it seems to be just stuck in the mud at times too. Uh, future for Carson, Chris Carson is, we have no idea. Same as Miles Sanders. You know, there's news that Carson wants to come back, but does that mean anything? No, that's just, that's just words. And uh, so with with Hal's floor, it's not crazy low, so he can get by, you know, beating the the, the lower end the lower end teams, um, because his floor is is pretty average. You know, he can have these games where Herbert doesn't perform, and even Sutton and Judy they don't perform well, and just Najee and Patterson can do enough and beat. Uh, myself or Howard or John at the moment, you know, the C-tier teams. And, you know, it goes to show that he did in week eight. Um, But also, his ceiling doesn't seem to be that high either. Uh, I I think Cal's right dab in the middle overall with his team at the moment. So, you know, I'm curious to see how how he's going to do with the upcoming schedule because it's it's tougher than, than most of the league here. You know, he's... He does face Miko, who potentially might have Saquon back, which is big. But then also Saquon has COVID, so maybe not. And, you know, Miko's not. He's, I haven't even said his name yet, right? So I consider Miko one of the better teams overall. And then after that, we have Steven, who is number one, and Pops, who's been dropping, you know, 170 bombs too. So if Hal can pull out, you know, again, two and one, uh, shoot three you know then that's that's something that we need to give him props for and I would definitely bump him up uh, up the power rankings for sure I feel like this is potentially the toughest schedule within the next three weeks uh, within the league okay number six I have Clive so with Clive he's, he's Mr. Hot and Cold you know, he, he exploded in week six, went way below average in week seven, and exploded again in week eight. So his team is actually pretty healthy now overall. A.J. Brown seems to be over all types of diarrhea, lower leg, hamstring, blah, blah, blah injuries. And, you know, with Derrick Henry playing hurt, you saw what A.J. Brown did. So that the future is very bright, you know. I I wouldn't be surprised if AJ Brown becomes, you know, within that Cooper Cup type tier, especially if the running game doesn't pan out uh, for the Titans. So, 
again, it, it becomes uh, more dependable on AJ and hopefully, again, Julio, if Julio ever comes back. God damn it. Um, so as for his other players, you know, he has Thielen and Dalvin, which have been playing very well for him. Um, but he comes and goes with the Vikings. You know, if there are times where the Vikings just can't get shit done and there are some games where that's happened exactly, you know, Clive has a lot of trouble with, you know, finding finding points elsewhere outside of A.J. Brown. And, you know, um, Daryl Henderson, he's been playing very well, but you saw this past week that Sony Michelle, I believe, had 10 carries. And this was before they completely blew out the Texans. So there is a little, there's not necessarily a 50 50 split, but Sony Michelle is getting some of the carries from Daryl Henderson um, as a whole. You know, I, I voted Clive to be, um, to have the best team preseason overall. I still believe that he does have one of the stronger teams, um, but he needs to prove it more. You know, he's he's still stuck in the middle overall with the record. Uh, he is getting healthier, so future looks brighter. And in my opinion, he has one of the highest ceilings. And, you know, I could I could easily bump him up into the next tier, you know, these next few weeks. Um, he has to face Jude, though, coming up. And in my opinion, Jude is one of the strongest teams in the league. Again, I haven't said his name yet, so... You know, we're, we're, we're closing into the top five here. Stay tuned to where I put Jude. But if he can pull out a win against Jude, he gets John and Howard back-to-back back next. So, you know, his, his overall schedule isn't too difficult. Um, you know, if he, if he can beat Jude, you know, you could see, based off of what we've seen so far in the league, uh, go 3-0. You know the next three weeks and if he does that you know he could potentially secure himself a playoff spot and not only that he could potentially i could potentially see himself as one of those overall championship contenders and that's it for the uh, b tier overall so let's uh let's go up to the a tier here so with the a tier i see these guys as potential well not potential as as playoff overall contenders thing is are they pretenders or are they actual championship contenders i don't know yet i don't know yet they're 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 a little sus i i i'm not surprised at all that they are where they are um, but at the same time do i see these people as clear-cut favorites to win it all i do not so they they definitely got some things to prove uh, these next couple weeks so Starting at the bottom of the A tier, at number five, I have Miko. So with Miko, I feel like he's won the games that he was supposed to win and predominantly lose the games he was supposed to lose. Uh, you know, his, his losses were to Clive in week one. Clive dropped 180 on him. It's, it's hard to beat anyone that drops that amount overall. He could possibly have a higher scoring team. You know, had he not made that trade with Pops for Eckler and giving away Cup and Jamar Chase. But Eckler has also been a blessing for him because especially with Gibson, it seems to be that every passing week, you know, they're they're taking away carries from him. He's slowly declining. 
And you know, it's also insurance with regards to Saquon because we know Saquon's getting healthier, but at the same time, like the, the news has been pretty vague with him. You know, like they're saying, yeah, he's he's improving, but then you're also getting news that okay, he's not practicing the entire week. So had he not traded those guys, he wouldn't have Eckler and also like his his overall running back depth would be pretty weak. I think he would be having to start Zach Moss at this point had he not had uh, made that trade with Eckler. So again, yeah, he could have had a much higher ceiling, but he could have had a way worse floor too. So well, he's the only two-time champion in this league, you know, since the history of the creation of it. Uh, however, he has not made the playoffs since his last championship, which was in 2018. So Miko's got a lot to prove here. You know, is, is he one of those that is just washed up, just living in the past? You know, back in my day, I won two times, but dude, it's it's 2021 now, man. That was three years ago, Miko. Yeah, you got you got more to prove. You got you got to show that you still belong. And uh, overall, as with his upcoming schedule, I'd say it's pretty average. It's pretty average with the difficulty. You know, he does face Hal, and then he faces myself, and he faces David. So he's kind of hitting everyone, every tier, the next three weeks overall. So if if he can pull out, I can see him potentially pulling out. Maybe two and one, you know. Yeah, three and zero is there. But if he ends up going like zero and three, one and two, he doesn't have that cushion to just eat losses like that. And you know, he could very well fall down into that B tier. And if things get worse, you know, start thinking of ideas on what y'all want Miko to wear. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, let's move on. All right, number four here. I have David. So David, he's been on a streak, man. He's been on a four-game win streak overall. He just upset Jude, per se. Per se, you know, Jude was first seed overall. Uh, but yeah, David's been on a tear as of late here. Um, so with the trade that he had with Jude, it, it hasn't really panned out too well overall. I mean, for the sole reason is that Kareem Hunt got hurt. And you can't predict those things, you know. Again, we've we've agreed that this is probably one of the most fairest trades that we've had in the league so far this season. Um, but he hasn't just been able to utilize it, and so. But his trade with Joseph, in my opinion, was outstanding. Uh, he did pick up Joe Burrow for free off the waivers. I don't have uh, it up pulled up right now, but. Yeah, he, he picked him up for free a few weeks ago. And, you know, Joseph, he even said in the group me he was desperate. And per the charts that he follows, you know, it was an even trade for him. So he traded away Tyler Lockett. And with Lockett being at the floor of his overall stock, especially with Geno Smith, uh, you know, at the helm of quarterback. And, and that following week, which was week eight, Tyler Lockett blew up, blew up. So that's that's good, you know. Granted that he wasn't able to use Kareem Hunt, he's able to utilize someone like a Tyler Lockett, you know, who has an amazing ceiling. So if we begin to see more of 
the ceiling plays from Tyler Lockett, you know, David could easily bump up, you know, in the power rankings, in my opinion, and go into that overall championship contender team. Uh, his, his receivers have been pretty erratic, you know, from time to time. But, you know, their ceilings are, are high. So you've, you've seen Robert Woods. He's been pretty average, but he's also, you know, had good games too. And uh, Mike Evans, you know, he's, he has a lot of home run hitters. So all it takes is any given Sunday, right? In my opinion, he does have the easiest upcoming schedule the next three weeks. Uh, he, he plays John and Howard in back-to-back weeks. And then uh, it amps up a little bit with Miko moving forward. So I do have him ranked above all three of them. So, you know, going 3-0, getting on that seven-game win streak, heading closer and closer to playoffs, you know, David could be a threat, man. David could be a threat. He could potentially get that first-round bye week too. But, yes, let's move on to the top three. Here we go. So at number three, I have Pops. So Pops was on a three-game win streak. You know, he, he's been dominating, dropping 160, 170, 180, until he ran into Steven. And it wasn't that Steven's team was just that much better. It was, both of their teams played like ass, actually. But yeah, I mean, as a whole, you know, you look at Pops' roster, and from top to bottom, it's it's strong. You know, can't even lie. His, his trade with Miko is paying off handsomely. It's actually been a big reason why he's been a top scorer, you know, almost week in, week out. Uh, I mean, of course, up until this week, but a lot of teams played like ass as a whole, so can't really blame him for that. Uh, I guess one sign you can see, one negative impact is, you know, week eight did show that his players can dud out. You know, like they're not just week in, week out, guaranteed you know, mega bombs for you. You know, we've, we've seen some floors here and some underperformances. And, you know, just like with David in any given Sunday with regards to his home run hitters, you know, same thing can apply with Pops here. Um, early season losses overall keeps him slightly below, you know, the, the final tier, in my opinion. Um, future continues to look bright, though. So this is why I put him at the very top at, of the A tier. Uh, his schedule is pretty light. You know, he currently is going to be playing Joseph um, in this week. And Joseph's team is still very injured and very out. And then after that, he plays Wes, who we have no idea how his team is going to perform without Henry. And, you know, to have them back-to-back weeks as a way to bounce back from an underperformance from Steven, it's, in my opinion is going to bump Pops up even higher into the rankings right now. So that's it for the A tier here. Last but not least, we are moving to, in my opinion, the clear-cut best top two teams, the S tier. So these two are the championship aspirations. I see both of them as uh, the favorites at the moment. You know, you can argue with me with regards to who you see as number one or number two but it's not your list it's my list isn't it yeah so at number two for the s tier i have steven 
Damn, Brady does not agree with that. My bad, bro. Chill. So with Steven, yes, you know, he is on a five-game win streak. You, know, you got to give him his props. He is the number one seed. He has the best record. But if you look at who his one loss is to, it's to the person I haven't named yet. So, I mean, you look at his wide receiver depth, and it's the strongest in the league, in my opinion, by a clear-cut mile. You know, you from top to bottom, man, he is super stacked in wide receivers. Uh, <laughs> we always talk about his RBs and his RB1s, and it is the clear-cut worst in the league, in my opinion, by a mile. So, you know, his I, I looked at the past few weeks, and, you know, there's two games where he his 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 RB1 didn't even score one point. I what? And I think within the past month, he's only had one performance above 10 points with Latavius Murray one week. And it was around 13, 14 points, you know? So that could be a potential detriment to his overall team stack. Uh, but his wide receivers are just so strong. It's, it is carrying the load for him, you know? Um, one thing to monitor is, like we mentioned earlier, is Hopkins and his hamstring. You know, if that persists, then what becomes his super strength, it's going to get weak in a little bit, you know, and it's an opportunity for other teams to take advantage of that, especially those who haven't played him yet, you know, to squeak out some wins, steal out some wins from him. And, uh, you know, Tyreek, as good as he can be, he can also be very average, especially with what's going on with the Chiefs right now. Well, I take that back. <laughs> they seem, the worse they seem to be doing, the more they seem to be uh, depending on Tyreek, you know, to carry the load. So this, this detriment to the Chiefs could potentially be a, or give uh, Steven a positive impact with regards to fantasy. Um, so, you know, I understand an argument is there that he is number one, best record, five-game win streak. So why not rate him as the number one? Again, this is just my opinion. You know, I'm more than happy to have an open discussion about what you guys think, too. Just drop a like on the comments here. Smash that like button and hit that subscribe while you're here. So he could easily, easily, easily jump up to number one with his upcoming schedule here. He faces Wesley, who, again, we've talked about it plenty of times. He just lost the best fantasy player in the league. Clear cut. And then, uh, you know, he, he faces Howe next. And then he faces me. So he's got a little average below average pertaining to records and rankings overall with his next upcoming schedule so you know he could easily uh hop over this number one guy who i have as jude so why him after he just lost i mean look look at the reason why he lost you know he didn't have dak he didn't have Devontae, and everyone knows here the amount of production that those two can provide for a team. Like those are those are big hits to a team, and for him to not have them, I mean, that's 
in my opinion, I feel like that's the reason why he lost. You know, you put those two in, yes, David could still win because David seems strong enough to, but I feel like it wouldn't have been enough firepower to beat Jude. Again, all speculation. Shout out to John. But uh, you, you look at his track record, he's the only team in the league who has never dropped below 100 points. You know, you can fact check me here. Um, you know, a concern is that Dak has some type of calf injury. And, you know, is it going to linger or is it going to get worse? You know, every anytime you have a player playing through an injury, you're always more susceptible to, you know, further injuring it. Like you're not, you're not going to all of a sudden just recover and become 100% between one game and the next. You know, so that's something to monitor. Also, DJ Moore, he's gone from like top five wide receiver to like, what the hell's going on in the Panthers, man? Like, Darnold's been ass, and which is making everyone else ass. So, good news is with CMC coming back, hopefully he comes back, you know, Darnold seemed to be a completely different quarterback which is going to positively impact DJ Moore. So not too worried, but something to uh, be a little nervous, a little nervous about. And, you know, as for Chubb, you know, he's he hasn't been that RB1 that you draft him to be, right? He, he hasn't been getting a lot of receptions, and I think that's what's killing him. You know, he's, he's still performing well with uh, regards to the rushing attack, um, but it's making him more touchdown dependent. You know, um, without those receptions in a PPR league, if he doesn't get those touchdowns, say he rushes for, you know, even 120, which is outstanding. That's only 12 points, you know. So you would assume that he would gain more receptions once Kareem was out. But now Dearness Johnson is just coming in and taking those receptions for him. So something to also be a little bit worried about. But that trade with David for Jonathan Taylor, uh, it's, it's, it's covered some of those pimples that have been going on with DJ Moore, Chubb as a whole. Because, man, Jonathan Taylor has been balling out these past few weeks. Uh, I, I, man, he might actually be the number one overall running back next year. Because, you know, he's, he's not as flashy as a lot of these guys like Dalvin Cook, Kamara, CMC when he's healthy or not as just dominant as Derrick Henry, but he does everything, you know? Not only does he get get his carries, he also gets lots of receptions too. At some point, we thought that Naheem Hines would be just a clear-cut reception back, but no, that's not how it is anymore. You know, JT's showing out. Uh, he does have a challenging schedule coming up. He faces Clive, who again, he just showed how dominating he can be with a healthy team. Uh, but after that, it, it, it slowly lightens up a little bit. He gets Joseph, uh, John, and Howard right after. So, again, I if I can easily see him go 3-1, and one, um, you know, Clive could be challenging. So, if he goes 4-0 there, I, man... That's it's it'll it'll be tough for me to put Steven over him unless Jude gets upsetted by some of these people or at least goes three and one. And there you have it, folks. That is my entire 
tier list and power rankings overall, you know, subject to change. Probably maybe within a few weeks, I'll revisit this and at a more shortened state because uh, I'll, I'll have my co-host back with me too. So uh, very interested to see, you know, the second half of the season. You know, things are on the come up for some. Things have not really changed at all for others. So stay tuned, boys. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next time. Peace.